You're listening to the New City Church Podcast. These episodes are recorded live on Gadigal land. Sometimes the audio quality might not be perfect because what you're listening to is a conversation. We don't edit out the chatter and we think that's what makes it authentic. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you find this episode encouraging. I said it. I've made the claim. Um, I'll try and back it up. Here's where we're going. Um, Actually, for the next little weeks, the next few weeks, the next little while. Um, uh, Tonight, we're looking at Ecclesiastes as a celebration of breath, uh, a celebration of good things in the world. Um, And then next week, we're looking at Ecclesiastes as a time for everything. The week after that, we're going to do an introduction to Ecclesiastes. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shake it up a little bit. So we're going to like get our, get our feet dirty in the mud for a moment. And then we're going to go back to the roots and be like, okay, who wrote this damn thing? Um, and do a little bit of an introduction. And then, um, then we've got Mardi Gras and Pride, et cetera, et cetera. And then we come back to it to wrap it all up with life in light of death. There you go. Um, so that, that's, that's where we track with Ecclesiastes. Um, but for tonight, I want to offer some thoughts um, these are kind of initial thoughts, and then I'm going to open it up for a discussion, which you can take it part in as much or as little as you like. And the question that I want to throw out is, what fills you with life? And with this fleeting breath, how do you seek to enjoy that? What fills you with life? And with this fleeting breath that we've got, how do you seek to enjoy that? And if you have wisdom for our community to share. Um, that that would be beautiful. Um, as always, we do record this, so we're recording kind of from now onwards. If that makes you nervous about getting involved in the discussion, please don't let that get you nervous because we can edit you out. Um, even if we don't like what you say, we'll edit you out. I'm joking. I'm joking. We don't do that. Gosh. Uh, um, take a deep breath. Um, take a deep breath. Be present. Um, we're in Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter one. We've got our work cut out for us. Um, if you have Bibles on you, um, it will be great to follow along a little bit. Um, I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse one. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's the NIV version. Now, I want to pause there. Um, We've got a long way into our series on Ecclesiastes. Um, And let's do some Hebrew semantics together. Uh, um, I I was reading from the NIV translation there, but that word meaningless, uh, we need to flesh it out a little bit, yeah? Because... uh, most of our English translations are pretty good. Like they, 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 a lot of very smart people do a lot of work to, to get it there. This word meaningless in the NIV that you see there, I think is an incorrect translation. Not that I'm a Hebrew nerd at all, but I'm standing with those who, who think that. Um, because if you look at a few other types of translations, um, the ESV translates it as vanity. Um, the Holman goes with smoke, as does the message. Um, 
The, oh, sorry, sorry. The Holman goes with absolute futility. How's that? The message goes with smoke. Um, the, the Hebrew word is hevel, hevel. And it's, it's an onomatopoeia. It's, it's, it's supposed to sound like what it is. It's hevel. It's, it can be translated as breath. Uh, it's this concept of vapor or smoke or mist. It's here and then it disappears. And so a translation I'm wanting us to play with as we go through tonight into the rest of this series is fleeting, fleeting. Because I think that is actually what the image, the metaphor of smoke is supposed to conjure. It's supposed to be like, oh, he, here it is. It's tangible. We can grab, oh, wait, it's gone. It disappears. It's here one second, gone the next. So as you read through um, the NIV, every time it says meaningless, put in the word hevel, fleeting, transient, here today, disappears, vapor, smoke, mist, all those ideas. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's go back to the passage. Um, he, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Hevel, Hevel, says the teacher. Utterly Hevel. Everything is Hevel. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and go, but the earth just remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south, turns to the north, round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All the streams, they flow into the sea. Yet the sea is never full. To the place where the streams come from, they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye it has never had enough of seeing. And the ear, it has never had enough of hearing. What's been done, it'll be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already long ago it was here before our time no one remembers those former generations and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them i the teacher was king over israel in jerusalem i applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on humankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are hevel, a chasing after the wind. Hands up so far. Who finds this passage exhilarating and liberating? Who finds it depressing? Let's go with the first one. Who finds it liberating? 
That half? Who finds it a bit depressing? That half. As the 19th century came to a close, a young man and his wife embarked on a treacherous voyage. These are my words now, not Ecclesiastes. In a frenzied pursuit of happiness and prosperity, they joined the throngs of immigrants arriving on the shores of Australia to unceded land. He took up a job in the Newcastle mines. She raised their 11 children. The seasons came, the seasons went, and with the course of time, the young couple grew old and died. One of their daughters, Sarah, married a farmer. Together, they built a two-room log house in Cessnock where they welcomed 12 children into the world. Behind their house flowed a small stream which wound its way steadily toward the hunter. The farmer died just before his 50th birthday. One of their sons drowned before he was five. As a single mother, Sarah Davies raised that family. She lived to be 99 years and 11 months and claimed that she never once had a headache. She never received her letter from the Queen. The log house was knocked down when the council decided to widen the road to two lanes. On St. Patrick's Day, in 1951, Sarah's daughter, Lillian, married a paramedic named Arthur. Arthur was a hard worker, but he would come home at night traumatized from the horrors which he had encountered that day. The last time I saw Arthur was just over a decade ago. With his memory all but gone, I stood beside him and explained to him once again that I was his grandson, Heather's child. His ashes are in Newcastle Memorial Park. And for years, Lillian visited once a week until a pandemic arrived. Fleeting. Fleeting, says the teacher utterly fleeting, everything, it's fleeting. And so the teacher asks, what does a person gain from all their labor with which they toil under the sun? And the answer to the question is a resounding nothing. The teacher begins to extrapolate from verse four. A generation comes, but like a snowflake melting on impact, the generation will fade. Billions of intrepid travelers making their way through this thing we call life. They come into the world bleary-eyed, humans who create and enjoy and dream and ride bikes and eat and cook and have sex and read and do degrees, all this seismic blip as the universe rolls on and on and on and on and on 
and on and on. And in contrast to that, we get a glimpse of the unending monotony of creation. Verses five and six. In endless cycles, the wind turns on its turnings. And the streams, what do they do? They just keep on flowing. And they flow and they flow and they flow ceaselessly to an ocean, which cruelly never fills up. We may embrace that wind in sails or in hideous wind turbines. Or we may, as children, paddle in those streams, and yet the wind blows on and the streams roll through blissfully unaware that you and I ever stepped foot on this little speck called earth. And as though in mockery, the teacher observes in verse eight, get this, uh, our own senses mirror nature. What I has ever decided, I've seen enough now and ceased seeing. What ear has ever thought, I've heard enough beautiful sounds to get me through. I think I'm done now and ceased listening. And what does humanity gain from all the toil in which we toil under the sun? Again, the answer is nothing. For all our technological advancements, for all our mod cons and creature comforts, the human experience is fundamentally the same today as it was. 3,000 years ago when this was penned, we bleed the same crimson color. Our tears are still the same pH. And our graves, as cold as ever. We may have replaced swords with cruise missiles and the monarchy with democracy, but birth is still birth. Love is still love. Death is still the great equalizer. There is nothing new under the sun. And so here we are. The teacher has concluded that the human experience is utterly fleeting. A breath. Impossible to pin down. And so we stand at the opening chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. And we come to something of a crossroads. A friend asked me a while back, Joel, are you afraid of death? Uh, and over our Indian chickpea patties, uh, I said, no, are you? And she responded, terrified. And it struck me that when faced with the fleetingness of life, we seem to go one of two ways. Either we become nihilistic, we embrace a stupor of sensory overload because YOLO, or 
we get so firmly fixed on the eternal that everything in the present is diminished such that we forget that we do, in fact, live today. Either an unbounded nihilism or a fatalistic religious zealot. I think the teacher points to a third way. Life is fleeting and the monotonous cycles of the universe provide no gain for humanity. And yet this is exactly how God has designed it in verses 13 and 15. All things in life are simply a chasing after the wind, fleeting. And this is the state that we find ourselves in because that's how the universe works, because that is how God has willed it. And so when we expect to find gain that fills up our senses and satisfies us entirely, we don't find it because the earth is not designed to supply it. This is indeed a heavy burden. I can see just your eyes gazing at me like, how is this good news? Uh, The question, okay, we're getting to the crux of it now. I've nearly finished my reflection. The question that we are driven to ask in Ecclesiastes is not so much what does humanity gain from all the labor under the sun. That's the question that the author asks to kick us off. But that's not the question we're actually asking. But rather, here's the question. How should we live in a universe in which everything gained is utterly fleeting. Yeah? I think that's the question. I think that's the question of Ecclesiastes. How how should we live in a universe here, breathing now, in a situation where everything that we can touch, dream, imagine, hold, love, be at one with, how do we live in a universe where all of that is utterly fleeting. And I think with that question, we get to the heart of Ecclesiastes. What am I chasing after? What am I chasing after? After all these years, am I still attempting to chase the wind? Something that is fleeting. Perhaps it is the gain of wealth and security experiences and passport stamps, distant admirers, thriving busyness. Like any level-headed business person so often, my dream is that I would have a return for my profit, a profit for my labor. And when inevitably with the turning of time, I encounter a moment of success, so often my first thought is not, praise God for the gracious gifts I get to enjoy, but rather, how do I build bigger barns? Life is 
just so damn fleeting. And yet still, in utter desperation, it feels like perhaps a futile mania. We attempt to make our indelible mark blinded by irrationality. We buy into this fake reality, which asserts that life is about getting ahead. Life is about getting the most. Life is about having the best. Life is about owning everything. Life is about having power. Life is about more time. Life is about accumulating what I can. Life is about being comfortable. Life is about experiencing everything only to discover that that reality is not a reality at all. Because at the end of that, we look back and we discover that we were so fixed on getting it all that we were just chasing after the wind and we never got to actually experience it in the first place. A man can do nothing better. This is the the words of the NIV. I'm going to change it. A person can do nothing better in Hebrews 2 than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. That is what I find utterly liberating, utterly, utterly liberating. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in work. How will you? Here's the question I want us to reflect on. How are you with your fleeting breath here on planet Earth seeking to revel in the abundance of good gifts from God? What are you doing to revel in the good gifts of God? Another way to ask that, uh, where are you finding life at the moment and how are you enjoying it? Okay, take a breather. Um, Shuffle your body a little bit if you need to. It's getting warm. Here's my last paragraph. And then I'm going to hand it over to Susanna, who's going to sing a song for us. And it's stunning. The sun rises and the sun sets. Nothing has been ultimately gained. The streams flow ceaselessly to the sea, yet the sea gains nothing. A person may labor and toil, yet when all is said and done, ashes will be ashes and dust will be dust. And God's call rings out from the book of Ecclesiastes. Did you enjoy my creation? Did you enjoy my creation? Or were you so busy actually believing that you could somehow make a profit? from the gifts that I gave you. Did you enjoy it? Did did you enjoy the creation I gave you? I want to be able to say yes. I freaking loved it. I'd love to be able to say that. Let's uh, listen to this.
This is called Vapor, appropriately, by the liturgists. And like all things, my guitar tuning is temporarily. <laughs> there we go. The chasing of the wind, the powers of the earth so pale and thin. We will set our hearts on you again. Heaven taunts the hearts of men. So come like dawn, like waves, 
possible and holy Kings become fools for you Kingdoms to ruins for you Vapor finds ground in you Music finds sound in you Everything rising to Sing all our songs to you Singing oh, oh Thank you. Um, that was stunning. Um, okay. Hope that's given you a chance just to fit, sit and think. Oh, gosh, we have some talented people in our, in our community. Um, here's the question. Um, what's filling you with life? We're not seeking to accumulate and gain and gather more. We want to be here, Ecclesiastes calls us, to enjoy what God has given us. And so in the midst of the chaos that is 2023 already, in some ways, we're going to pause. And as a community, we're going to say what is bringing us life at the moment and how are we going to revel in it? How are we going to enjoy it? Um, that's the question. I'll give you half a moment to think as I kick us off so you, you have the gift of going second. Um, at the moment, I am enjoying gently going into 2023 with a new job. Um, I love the fact that I don't have to wake up in a couple, or oh, some of you who are teachers and working in schools, you are already heading back uh, and the, the world has begun again for you. I'm enjoying the fact that I don't have to be part of that. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's just a nice change for me. And I am attempting to revel in that good gift for me. Um, what, what, what's bringing people life at the moment in this community that we can revel in the good gifts that God's given? Um, I think for me lately, it's just been spending a lot of more time with people and just being able to enjoy people's company. Yeah, it's been really lovely. That's good. And it's not the sort of thing that you can like accumulate and be like, yep, now I've got all the people. That's not a thing that you can do. Like the universe is not designed for you to be able to do that. Um, instead, it's enjoy it. Yeah. Xavier. I've been finding a lot of joy in creating things and learning how to create things that are beautiful and amazing and again you can't get to the end of that and be like done created everything uh like it's not that's not something that the universe is designed to be able to do like it's re revel in that that's yeah um what else i've been enjoying nature lately and just this week i found a new place to swim not very far from my house in the harbor i didn't know it was there how fantastic so um i'm enjoying getting in the water yes beautiful and I like, I'm not going to comment on every single one, but um, in that passage, like you, you're not going to see enough nature and then your eyes suddenly shut down. They're like, yep, I've seen all the beautiful things. Like 
that's not how it works. Uh, like you, you enjoy it while you're there, otherwise you miss out. That's how the, the universe exists. Others. As a teacher, I've just gone back to school <laughs> and uh, I've met my classes and I'm just really enjoying all of these new faces and this feeling of hopefulness at the start of the year and the time of, you know, building things. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And in the words of Ecclesiastes, they'll grow up and they'll die and no one will remember them. But at the moment, you get to enjoy that. Like you get to enjoy learning and passing on wisdom. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Yeah, that's it. Day one, welcome. <laughs> You'll all be forgotten. Uh, but that's a good thing. Uh, uh, what about others? Um, every beginning of the year, most people do this. Uh, <laughs> I found a new PT, um, but I've been going for a month regularly, twice a week. And um, I've actually really enjoyed it. Every morning, though, when I go, I try and find every excuse to message him why I don't want to go. But I haven't and I've still turned up and I have so much fun and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, praise God for good PTs and good excuses. But... Mainly PTs. Um, what else? There's, there can't just be like 10 and then nothing else. There's, there's many. You can revel in my enthusiasm anytime. It's fleeting, but uh, <laughs> there's so many Ecclesiastes puns you can pull. Yeah. Uh, others. It can be big. It can be small. Music, beautiful. I'm just going to, like, as a social worker, I'm really well-versed in long silences, um, and I'm very comfortable in them because, I like, I want people to sit with this and rack your brains and think, well, what, is, what else is there? Like, surely there's not 11 things in the world that I can revel in. Um, there's there's got to be more. Remind each other. We spent time with our nieces and nephews um, and gosh, that was special. Um, just a few nights. It was utter chaos, um, but also just really beautiful. And they will grow up like they, we, we probably have a few more years where they think we're cool. Um, and I, like, I want to revel in that and enjoy that and say, wow, thank you God for this moment. Um, I just remembered a moment a couple of weeks ago when I was walking through a park. I think I love daylight savings. That's one as well, yes. that it's light for so long, but was just walking in a local park and then like noticed one, are they swallows? The ones with sort of the little birds with pointy wings that kind of like fly in squares or something. Swallows, let's go with that. Um, and then I was watching one, but then I realized that there were about 20 of them like making this sort of like crisscross pattern in the sky and I ended up just watching that until the sunset and it was glorious. Go back and find them. <laughs> ah, um, let's have three more as a community. What else can we revel in? Southerly changes that come through and release us. Also air conditioning, which I have a feeling has been turned off. Someone fix that. 
Yeah. <laughs> Your cats. Yes. Um, we have a dog, Hank, who bites. Um, but he's also adorable. He's the the cutest thing ever. And I just love him so much. And after coming back from a weekend when Sarah was house-sitting and coming back to see Hank was just so lovely. Um, okay, here's a, here's a little reflection just to wrap up. As the 19th century came to a close, a young couple embarked on a treacherous voyage to Australia. The seasons came and the seasons went, and with the course of time, the young couple grew old and they died. I don't know where that couple is buried. I doubt that anyone has been to their graves to visit in the last 50 years. Their lives certainly weren't meaningless, but surely they were fleeting. I wonder if they sat on the porch of the log cabin that they built in Cessnock, marveling at the sunset as they watched. I wonder if they played cards with their children. I wonder if they laughed at the antics of their one-year-old. I wonder if they stopped and gave glory to their creator by simply enjoying and reveling in the creator's good gifts in this fleeting life that we have on into eternity. Can I pray for us? Let me thank God for the good gifts that we have. God, you pour so many abundant good gifts upon us. And we know that so often we chase after more. We seek gain and profit and we seek to accumulate and stockpile. And God, in all of that chasing, we forget that life is fleeting and sometimes there is nothing better than for us to eat and drink and be merry for you have given us good gifts. Uh, God, I'm at a kind of awkward loss for words. I don't want to ask for forgiveness for the times when we haven't enjoyed good gifts because I don't know if it was sinful so much as we just missed out. Uh, but help us to enjoy the good gifts that you've given us because you are an abundant God and we have a really beautiful creation to enjoy. Amen. I think Ecclesiastes is wonderful um, and liberating. And in the fleetingness of it all, it can set us free in ways that we never imagined. So I, like, I'm excited for this series to get our teeth sunk into this really bizarre, really fun book. I think that's it for me.